the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith. You are listening to On the Record with Tiffany. And Kevin. On 930 AM, The Answer. Well, yeah, as as descendants of slaves where we're providing an unapologetic uh, black first Republican perspective on health, business, politics and culture. All right, Tiffany, lead off here on our first section here. Well, let's talk about the need for self-advocacy and education in health. Okay, talk to us more about that. We established that. You really are. We're on our own out here in the healthcare field. Uh-huh. No love for us in these When it streets. comes down to your health, and this is across the board, uh, you've got a lot of polarizing figures who talk about black, white, Mexican, who's, who's affected more. Poor people really are affected more uh, by, <clears throat> by healthcare disparities than any other group. So explain healthcare disparities to us. You see worse outcomes, yes, in in uh, the poor, but it's because so, there are a lot of things that feed into that. Mm-hmm. Um, social determinants of health are a big, and you're going to hear that phrase a lot. You hear it a lot in um, in discussions in regards to health care mm-hmm. uh, and in regards to other things, too. But social determinants of health would be things like transportation. There are, there are those things that are sort of one-offs that are affecting mm-hmm. a person's ability to take care of their their health care. Yep. And and that tends to to to, uh, to affect uh, the American descendants of slaves more so than others, right? It's just on a, a disproportionate basis. But it, it percentage-wise. Percentage-wise, yes. right? But it impacts everyone. Uh, it impacts all Americans, right? Yes. Well, when we're talking about diabetes, one in three uh, Americans are at risk for diabetes. Mm-hmm. One in three Americans are at risk for some, uh, for kidney disease. So those things, that means when you're, when we're talking one in three, that's everybody. Yep. That's not any particular group. That's every group. Mm-hmm. That's not a, uh, now there are, when, when we say disproportionately affected, then <clears throat> that means that more people in that particular people group, mm-hmm. i.e. African Americans, mm-hmm are affected by the disease progression. Yep. That's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Diabetes is pervasive. Yeah. And we've seen diabetes and, and what it can do to us during the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Mm-hmm. So what because are we doing? diabetes was the conduit that, that really helped COVID-19 flourish. Yeah, because it's damaging our, our internal organs, uh, diabetes is, at, at, a, uh, at a microvascular level, right? Mm-hmm. Down there in, in, in the blood vessel level, it's causing damage. What are some of the things that our different organizations here in San Antonio are doing about that? Well, I can tell you what Texas Kidney Foundation is doing okay. about it. Texas Kidney Foundation believes in patient empowerment. Yep. That is... That is uh, the underpinning of everything that we do because there's nobody that's coming. There's no benevolent benefactor that's going to show up and tell you what to do. Yeah. There's nobody. No, it's whatsoever. us. We have to be uh, our own answer. We have to come, get together and form coalitions and be the answer that we need. Mm-hmm. So what Texas Kidney Foundation does is provides the information that we need in order to, to uh, take back our health. Yep. And one of the ways that we do that is by providing free education programs. Mm-hmm. So we provide free educational programs for patients, caregivers, and their families. And one of them is called Live It Up. Okay, tell us more about that. So Live It Up takes place at the Woody Museum, which is 3801 Broadway Street on September 27th, 2022. Who are some of the people we're working with on that? We're working with University Health, 
George Hernandez and his team have been just mm-hmm. wonderful. We're working with those guys yep. to bring this to you. We're also working with uh, celebrity um, uh, Reginald Ballard. A.K.A. Brumman. Brumman from the fifth floor. Yes. We're <laughs> um, <laughs> working with him. Uh Mm-hmm. And with Bear County, yeah, the Bear County, County Commissioners, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we can't say enough about Rebecca, uh, Commissioner Rebecca Clay Flores yes. and uh, Commissioner Tommy Calvert. Yep. Uh, they have come out in full force. They have supported us uh, with their platforms. They've mm-hmm. supported us financially. They've supported us and showed up to our events, mm-hmm. even when our events were, were uh, not well attended. <laughs> They've been there for. Yeah, and I, I think that's important. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that, right? So, you know, my big thing here, uh, I do a lot of, in, I, I produce the show. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not, right? And so there's a lot of research that goes into that. And one of the things that just annoys the, I think I can say heck, right, for the radio stuff, that annoys the heck out of me with a lot of B1 people is the lack of activity that they do. They complain a lot. Right. But it comes down. And I even see I even see people say, quote, Malcolm X, by any means necessary. Right. So by any means necessary to me means we get involved in ways that go out and uh, form coalitions and in which people are uh, helped by that. Right. And I always like to think of and they wouldn't think of themselves like this. Right. Uh, but, it, but by any means necessary means engagement. Engagement. You have to engage at some point. Yeah. You, you and have half to. the time what we see is people don't even bother to show up. Yeah. You provide the services. Mm hmm. But but people don't bother to show up. So if you if you're saying that if your whole mantra is is that you have a need mm-hmm. and we're providing the fulfillment of that need and the means in which to do that. Yep. Then you have to engage. Yeah. Now the onus is on you to engage. Yeah. Yeah. And on that, you know, one of my favorite people is uh, Killer Mike. I, I, I'm a big rap fan, if you, if you don't know that. So Killer Mike is one of my favorite people. And he always talks to, to these people on the Internet. He goes, how are you going to have a revolution and you can't even grow your own food and you're in mm-hmm. bad health? Right. And so that's one of the things. Right. Uh, as one of the things of being in our country is let's begin to take back our health and educate ourselves on ways uh, that we can do that. And I really thank those two individuals. Right. I, I think Commissioner uh, Rebecca Clay Flores, Flores and, uh, and Commissioner, Commissioner Tommy Calvert. Yeah. Commissioner Tommy Calvert. I mean, talk about putting your, your money where your mouth is. His Greenies project. Mm-hmm. Just coming up with an idea, you know, envisioning the, the idea of okay, mm-hmm. we can we can grow food. Yep. And then going out Mm -hmm. and growing, creating the gardens to grow the food in the urban setting and distributing it to the public for free. Yeah. I mean, that right there, that is, that's leadership. And it's the kind of leadership we, we need more of. Yep. It's the kind of leadership we need more of in this county, in this nation. Yep. And then also the with with, uh, with the other commissioner, right? Yeah, uh, Commissioner Clay Flores, Rebecca Clay Flores, Commissioner. It's a lot of words, right? You, you see, and I'm sorry, it's funny. My daughter tries to say her name, and it's too we many syllables. We talk about Commissioner Rebecca Clay Flores all the time because she's inspirational to young girls. Yeah, and we're, and we're not kissing up to these two individuals, right? We're highlighting these two individuals. I like say. them. We, I, I like so them. So it's both. hard for me not to say good things about them yeah. and, and uh, gush over them because I they. They really represent the mm-hmm. finest that we have here in yeah, San and Antonio and, and uh, in Bear County. Yeah. And I know. think at some point. Right. And this gets me back to my complaint. And Tiffany has been I've been I've been on the Internet. Right. Researching different things. And one of the big complaints I have is this like lack of wanting to be involved by a uh, by the apathy the apathy <laughs> by a lot of people who go around bearing the title B1 right and then you need to get off the internet and come into the real world right well there are a lot of people who are complaining about what's happening in this nation instead of engaging mm-hmm. in the process yeah that's the big you, part engagement is such an important there's nothing wrong with voicing an opinion of dissent yeah Dissent is what has made this nation, you know, Mm -hmm. there's the ebb and flow of ideas. And that is what we are all about. That's what Mm -hmm. makes America great. Yeah. But you must engage. You can't just come to the table with a bunch of complaints. Correct. No solution. Yeah. And not unwilling to engage in 
possible solution. Yeah, and even if you're engaging in a possible with individuals and you don't think it's perfect, right? Which is the annoyance for me. People are looking There's for no the perfect. Perfection. There isn't. There's, There's no perfection. There are trade offs, right? Mm-hmm. I go with There's, A, I go with B. There's a trade off between A and B. Well, with anything, when we're talking about charting new territories mm-hmm. and, and when we're talking about things as, as complex as, uh, as race, mm-hmm. And as how we're going to engage with one another, then there's always going to be ebb and flow. There's learning on both sides. Mm -hmm. And you have to be willing to make mistakes. There's a a saying in Italian, spaliando si impara. Making mistakes, you learn. And and that is this process. Mm -hmm. Spaliando si impara. You know, you have to, there's no way to engage in a difficult subject without making some mistakes along the way. Yeah, and I think health... But you're going to have to do it. Yeah, and health is one of those items that we really... Uh, without health, you really don't have a lot, right? And, uh, and that's none the, of the rest of it matters. Yeah, there's no none of the rest of it matters. So the big thing for us is really, as uh, Tiffany works with the Texas Kidney Foundation, right, it's pretty much our life most of the time and the engagement, right? And it's one of the reasons I say we have to have people who at the seats of power helping make the decisions, helping shape and make the decisions. Mm -hmm. And health is one of those things. And I see you do that a lot. You do that really well. So I'm going to do a bit of kiss up here to my wife, right? So one of the things that she does really, really well is she advocates, as as my grandmother would say, she advocates for our people, baby. And she does. She advocates for our people, uh, uh, the the American descendants of slaves. She also advocates uh, for Bear County at the state level and then oftentimes at the national level uh, in the areas of health care, right? And anyone who sees her coming their way, right? Uh, if you're on her radar, right? You know what time it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, they know what time. I love that part there, right? It's true, right? As though this is why I say if you don't like something, right? Uh, you don't like the way education is going. You don't like the way things are going. You have to get involved and you have to get involved at the local level. My view is... Uh I'm black first because we are always mm-hmm. first ones through the door on everything. Yep. We are the first ones through the door on civil rights. We are the first ones through the door. We will be the first ones through the door on health equity. We are the ones who blaze the trail. And so as we do so, we kick the door open for everyone else. And as and you can see that in the benefit that civil rights has brought to white women. I love it. You're going in, aren't you, Tiffany? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I'm saying, I'm stating the facts. That's a fact. That is a fact. That is a fact. And so when I, when I come to the table pushing for things that are important and should be seen, I come to the table as what I am, mm-hmm. an African-American woman. Yes, and it's okay to say African American to all those B one haters on uh, on YouTube. I don't care what the B one haters have to say. Say <laughs> whatever you want to say. And you have been listening. Get to your own radio show. You can talk crap. <laughs> and you've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin on nine thirty a.m. The Answer. We are doing a special campaign at Texas Kidney Foundation to get your kidneys checked. It is called Silent But Deadly because kidney disease is a silent but deadly killer. And we need you to go to our website, silentbutdeadly.org, take a 12-question test, and we will send you a kit to your house. Get your kidneys checked at silentbutdeadly.org. Check us out at On the Record with Tiffany on YouTube. And all you have to do is look up On the Record with Tiffany and you will get to listen to us talk about freedom, opportunity, growth, and progress. If you like what we're talking about, or if you don't, check us out on YouTube, On the Record with Tiffany, and listen to what we have to say. Because we can guarantee you we're going to spark some debate at your house just like at ours. And you are listening to On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Yes, well, we're giving you an unapologetic B1 Republican uh, perspective on health, business, uh, politics, and culture. And we want to talk about culture now. So, Tiffany, uh, one of the topics uh, that w- that we brought up is here. I, I-, I love uh, fighting and-, and disagreeing with a particular writer. There's uh, a professor named uh, John McWhorter. And I-, I agree with him. I disagree with him. He- we kind of go back and forth. 
in writing there, right? So one of the topics that he is committed to, right, is does the standard of excellence have to change to accommodate low performers? What do you think about that? You always <laughs> want to come up with stuff like this. Okay. Come on. Does the standard of excellence have to change? For, for low, low performers. performers. Okay, first of all, we, you just said what it is, the standard of excellence. If it's a standard of excellence, it's a standard of excellence. Uh, you know, if you're a low performer, why are you a low performer? Is there a cultural issue? Is there a, is there a, because some of these standard, I, I'm not a big proponent of standardized tests. Mm-hmm. I do very well on standardized tests. I don't think they measure anything other than how well you can take this test. Well, I don't think they say this person is intellectually astute. This person is not. Well, let's move it away from the test, right? Because the, the thing that John, because I bring that up because Tiffany's not a, uh, is not a, a Twitter person. I am, you know. It's, nope. <laughs> I'm not. I'm a Twitter person, right? <laughs> and so, uh, we John, saw where Twitter got us with the last president. That's all I have to say on Twitter. All right. Go so, ahead. John McWhorter, <laughs> who's a Columbia uh, Columbia University professor, got into a Twitter beef, right? With uh, with right Ibram there. X ridiculous uh, Kindy, right? And, and I like John. John he writes really well, very concise. Why are people arguing on? Wait Twitter? a minute, it's childish. It's Go not ahead. childish. It was very good little discussion. Oh, John McWhorter. Wrote right. He did this response back to uh, there's a lower uh, number of blacks and Latinos who pass their passing rates are lower on the social work uh, exam there in New York. Okay. So it's it's a much. I think it's like only like forty percent or forty four percent of African Americans. Uh, I'm sorry, they don't even use that, of blacks pass, and like maybe fifty something percent of Latinos pass, right? Uh-huh. And so the question was, should we change the test, right? And so John said, and, and so Ingram. So is anybody asking questions about the schools that they're coming hold from? Hold on. Are this a test that's based on? Universities. Okay, so you're asking the right questions, right? So Ibram X. Kende said, the tests are racist. And Big Quarter said, hold up. You just can't. Why do you think they're racist? It could be mean so, that the schools are not preparing them actually. So actually, you know, John, adequately. so it could be, right? That could be one of the things, right? Uh, you simply can't go, the test, the test is racist, or, you know, if you're on the flip side with with, with, uh, with, with racist, black people and Latinos are stupid. No. No. So, that's but, but wait a minute. It. That's not it, right? Mm-hmm. So John McWhorter, who was addressing uh, Ibram, uh, uh, said, hey. You just made a statement of fact. You you made a statement as if it was fact. What's the reason behind it? Why are you saying that that's what it is? So then Kende just went on this long diatribe, essentially calling McWhorter uh, Uncle Tom. I knew he was going to go. Yeah, he went there. So he called him. He -hmm. he called him an Uncle Tom. Right. Which is. Which is BS. I almost said something. Which is BS. But so, uh, and which really made McWhorter, I don't know if it made him mad, but McWhorter said, hey, here's some issues with these types of tests. It's the use of language. Yeah. The use of language and, 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 it, it, and he gave know, It's probably a, a combination of yeah. things, including preparation for exactly. this. Because if, you, if, if, you know, the, yes, there's not, you, you shouldn't teach to the test on all these different standardized tests yep. or whatever, but when you're talking about, uh, the test for you to be a social worker. Mm-hmm. You, you need to know a certain set. You need yeah. to have a certain body of knowledge of your own personal yeah. body of knowledge needs to ha- encompass a certain set of information. Mm-hmm. If you are, if you don't have that information, correct. One of two things is, you know, one of a few things is happening, but proper preparation for it. Yeah. So what you you're know, doing in your school, see, but what you might do- have something to do with that. Yeah. But what you're doing is you're asking the additional questions. Why? Right. You simply can't say it's racist. Yeah. You got to go with more. You've got to understand what's going on. And when you yeah. and I get it, sometimes racial interactions are well, uh, and can, be tough to, can be tough to describe to people. Right. Well, let's let's also talk about some of the things that we encounter as people who who are from uh, ethnic minorities. They may not uh, that same that. Let's look at the pool of kids who uh, of students who are are mm-hmm. in this year's social work. Mm-hmm. Cohort. Well, the minority students may be coming from disadvantaged families, so they may not be able to afford to take a an exam that's going to prep them. But here's the deal, for the though. test. But do you but do you change the standard simply because no. they come from a disadvantaged background? I don't think you change the standard. Come on, I Tiffany, think you're you, being snobby. You, I you think cr- what you do is you you prepare. Like for me, I came from from. Um, Definitely came from a, a more privileged background. I'm more privileged. Shut background. it up. <laughs> Shut it. Shut it down, Smith. I'm more privileged. <laughs> anyway, I came from a more privileged uh, background. So, so when it came down to, to 
to uh, prepping for tests, mm-hmm. uh, taking uh, prep courses and things like that that my my Caucasian counterparts were taking. Mm-hmm. My parents made sure that I could take all yeah, of those. And things you're beating too. on the table. My parents made sure that I could take all of those things too. And that, you know, well, McWhorter. that coupled with with my ability to take the test, but. Yeah, I could. I knew how to take a yeah. test, but when when I took oh, those prep courses, that helped yeah. me tremendously. So that's part of it too. But McWhorter, McWhorter was basically going. It's more nuanced than that. And in his thing with Ibram Kendi, Ibram Kendi is a PhD, and so there's more to it. You have there's more nuance. You have to ask the why question. So on that same line, the standard of excellence should it change for low performers? Did you see? And I, you probably didn't. I don't know if you sent the text I sent I, the link I sent you. You sent me a lot of links, and some of them are ridiculous. So you need no, to I do don't it. listen to all of them. <laughs> we we, I we have to a like rate. two minutes, and if it's stupid. <laughs> We have a radio show in which we've got to engage with different topics and you don't listen. All right. So in Arkansas, I don't know what the hell is wrong with the people in Arkansas. Did you see that? You, you had okay, to watch well, it. That, Where those, that hold question on. has been thrown out there three many cops, times over the years. Three cops beat the living crap out of this guy uh, on the ground. I mean, they beat the snot out of Slammed his head on the thing, right? And people ask, well, what does that have to do with your question? My question is this. Does the standard of excellence and professionalism change for cops? Because I, because those guys clearly unprofessional, they beat the snot out of this guy, slammed his head into the thing. They beat on the front. If we're examining standards of excellence, we should be examining standards of excellence across the board. I think we should. Examining standards of excellence in standardized tests, but also in what, you know, we see, we see these clear, blatant Mm -hmm. violations of of what we consider to be normal behavior. Mm Mm-hmm quote unquote normal behavior or what should be appropriate behavior in uh, for example the police force and nobody's challenging that. As mm-hmm. soon as you challenge it, then you're woke and you're a terrible person for challenging it. Well there's not there's not a justification for beating someone who is on the ground Senseless. He'd given up. Ten minutes into it, they beat the stuffings out of that guy. There's, Ten minutes into it, that guy had given up. He had, no, Tiffany, you, if you watch the video, the guy had crawled up in almost to a fetal position because there are three guys on him. One holding him down, one kneeing him, one just pounding his face into the ground. That guy, I know what he did. He spat and, and talked and a bunch of trash to this to the to, uh, to to someone and the cops, but they'd already beaten him into submission. So no. my question is, does the standard change? Because I always refer to those guys as those police officers as the bottom ten percent they're in anybody's profession yes so mm-hmm. what do and we do 10 percent in every other profession mm-hmm. is drummed out there's only two professions where the bottom 10 percent don't get drummed out teachers and cops cops that's the two places yeah where you don't see them get drummed out they just get moved to another place yeah they just move to another place mm-hmm. and continue their same terrible behavior only uh, they're affecting and impacting the lives of people. So here, so here, so here's my statement. Cops, right? they can kill somebody. Mm-hmm. So here's my statement, right? I believe because we put ourselves into binary spots, right, where we say, and this, and, and this drives me crazy. If we bring up a cop murdering a black person, which is normally what the press does, uh, the first thing the counter response is, well, what about black on black crime? Diminishes it. They go, oh, it's that uh, if, if black people are killing black people, it's OK for cops to do it. No. Now, people will say nobody said that. You did say it in bringing up black on it's black. It's not crime. OK for either one of them to mm-hmm. be doing. Why can't it's it? It's not OK. Why can't it just be crime? But, but you know, see, that's my see? thing. I think that people try to snowball you yep. and make you focus on on black when the reality is we got this bottom 10 percent of police officers mm-hmm. who are rogue and they are doing terrible things to people across the board, black, white, Latino. They don't but, care. But, they're just, but let me they're tell just you out what, there to whoop some aid. But let me tell you like what that does, right? So I'm going to give two examples of stuff that just makes me mad, right? All right. So, and they make all the rest of the cops that aren't doing that look yep, bad. Because you can't get rid of the bottom 10. Okay, for example, with our favorite person, Donald Trump. Remember when they were bringing up uh, police officers shooting and killing black people uh, and that's how the phrase, right? Uh, Donald Trump's response, as was most of the party, their response was, they do it to white people, too. 
doesn't justify it. That is it's just the good. dumbest response, right? Well, it's a terrible response be- because the police mm-hmm. are not supposed to be, one, militarized. Uh, the police are doing things that are military. If someone is in retreat, mm-hmm. the military does not shoot them in the back. Well, and so, but what is happening is that they are normalizing uh, police, brutally brutalizing citizens. And so what you have is you have, because we, because Repu- the Republican Party is being reactionary and coming off racist in it, right? They've been extremely reactionary and coming off racist, right? By simply saying, oh, we do it to white people too. Well, you shouldn't That's be doing a, it. You shouldn't That's be doing whole, it to anybody. That's be, the problem. Because it, and that <laughs> normalizes it. And then two, you have this a group of white people saying that, that. saying that, hey, I have white privilege. Or feeling like, hey, I got my butt beat by the cops. Ugh, I feel ashamed because this only happens to Negroes. Doesn't happen to us, but it happens to everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. They're, 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 a certain segment of people yeah. are doing this and it shouldn't be none of us. We have to form coalitions and not tolerate. This. So here, none of us should be. Tolerated. So, so here is my. So to, so to all my uh, uh, white 930 a.m. listeners. So should the standard of excellence in the policing profession be lowered for the bottom 10 percent, the bottom performers? For or all should, the bottom feeders that are there. Or should they be flushed out? They I think they should be out. flushed out because they make the policing profession look bad. And, and if you think, uh, w- tell us what your opinions are. Go to our YouTube channel. Go to On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin. Go to our YouTube channel and tell us what your thoughts are. All right. Thank you so much. And you've been listening to 930 AM, The Answer. Uh, with on the record with Kevin and Tiffany. You're listening to On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. And we are giving you a perspective of descendants of Friedman. We are providing an unapologetic black first radical Republican perspective on health business, politics, and culture. All right. All right, Tiffany. Another issue. I'm trolling the internet. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always fun when you get on the internet. Well, first, let me explain some of my background, right? As a kid growing up in, in small West Texas. Conspiracy is his background. No, it is not my background. <laughs> but as a, but as a, as a kid growing up in, in, <laughs> in West Texas, right? I, I grew up in a, in a small town called Rotan. It's R-O-T-A-N. Rotan, Rotan Texas. Don't give any jokes Hey, Rotan. <laughs> so I just remember I'm as. I'm saying hi to all five of the people that are listening from Rotan. <laughs> You're not funny. <laughs> You're not funny at all. All right. Hi, Kathy Spencer. <laughs> so I just remember going around and seeing different things, right? And they would go, oh, that ain't going to happen, right? Be like, them white people ain't going to let us do. Let, oh, let us do. People, yeah, right? And they then all things, live on one street, by the way. They don't. Anyway. Uh, Two streets. <laughs> but I was, I was always fascinated with what makes things work. How do things happen? It just wasn't just magical, right? There had to be a process to make things happen. And so that's the one thing that it, that's always captured and fascinated me. So then how that how does that tie in with the vote or not to vote, right? Uh, I don't, to, to vote or not to vote uh, with a, a lot of B1s on the internet and just in life in general, people are not happy. Black people are not happy with the Democratic Party. And they are extremely suspicious of the Demo- of the Republican Party. Not happy with the Democrats, suspicious of the Republicans, right? So that's, so that's where we're at. But I think people are unhappy with both, very, very unhappy with both, to the point where mm-hmm. you have people that are, that are just... Hands off now. Yeah. But, but... I mean, there are a lot of people that, are hand, that have been hands off for years, though. I mean, we have, we have a very... It, you would think that every American votes, but every American doesn't vote. So yeah. we have this entire pool mm-hmm. of people who do not vote at all. Yeah. Who already don't vote? Not not the ones that we're trying that that uh, a certain segment of of uh, the voting population is trying to encourage not to vote. But uh, I'm talking about the people who just don't vote. Who, yeah, who but, have historically. But but here's why it's important, though. It's important because one, anytime someone's telling you or, or trying to stop you from doing something, 
right? You should probably be doing it and looking into why you should be doing it. Anytime somebody tells me not to do something, I definitely you want to look into doing it, right? It out. But because, but right. So I'd say all that to say this: before my brain goes off, right? Is that we have historical precedents. I always say we need to go back to the resetting of of, of when the Constitution was being reset in 1865. Right. In 1865 to about 1877, black people were in, were uh, were baking themselves into the political system mm-hmm. to work and get laws changed. Yeah, there were right? two thousand. Yeah, there's over twenty five hundred, twenty eight hundred uh, black people at various levels of government yep. throughout the U.S. So we have mm-hmm. historical precedents for it. In 1865. And it was through the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. It was through the Republican this Party. This is where we started. Do you think people, white people, were less racist or, or uh, were less racist than they are today? <laughs> it was 1865. No. Black people went from being chattel. Spoiler alert. No. They went from being chattel <laughs> to being freedmen. Mm-hmm. So they're yeah. being freedmen, and, they, and was, they embrace the process, and that's what yeah. I'm saying, right? So when I say come out and and participate, they knew that, in that there was a perfection, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, yeah, and they were dealing with people that that you know just prior ten years prior, uh, had dominion over them, yeah, and so now, uh, to act like all of a sudden. Everybody was just, you mm-hmm. know, sunshine and rainbows. That that wasn't what yeah. what was happening. Not at all. Yet they engaged in the process, got to the table, and began to make things happen. Mm-hmm. Now you and I and differ began on this. To build community, Bay, you and I differ on this. You want you, you Tiffany believes there should be equal participation on both the Republican and the Democratic side, right? Yes, I do. Hold on, let me finish. Mm-hmm. Right, I know what you're I saying. am of the opinion. In order to mm-hmm. get, you know, I, I almost took. I was going to go with an uncle saying, but I'm not because it's, it's got don't, a lot of don't. It's got a lot of cursing. <laughs> I in already it, know where you're going, and I can't bring don't. it up. But I used to have a we used to have, I used to have a, a friend who used to say sometime to show an individual that you're serious. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Yeah, but I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm screening it. <laughs> I mean, editing it to show an individual that you're serious. Right, you have to do a big major event. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's only and when, sometimes you have to show somebody. Better than you can tell. Them. Exactly. Talking about something doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You have to show. You have with to action. show them. You have to show them with action. And so you do a big swing instead mm. of eighty percent of black people voting Democrat, eighty percent of black people should vote Republican, eighty percent of black people should participate in the Republican Party. And what do I mean by participate? I mean get involved at the local level. Uh, participate in in the educational process when stupid ideas come up, right? Uh, you can put them down. You can put them down or raise enough hell to bring attention to it, right? Raise enough heaven, I always said. Heaven, I prefer hell, right? Natives. Mm, All right, so we have that. Like, heaven for instance, right? Go ahead. <laughs> so that's what I mean when I say participate Republican. And then, so did you know, black people in 2016... Right. They flipped what? Three states. They, mm-hmm. they were part of flipping Wisconsin. Yep. Uh, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. And I think Ohio. Right. Mm-hmm. Flipping that. Right. So what do you think politically uh, with the Democrats? With, what do you think politically uh, the Republican Party would would uh, politically offer black people if we flip, help them flip those states back in the swing states? Well, the, then all of a sudden you're talking about real Real power and a voice mm-hmm. there. Real power and a voice. You know. um, but do you know? But I see. Let me ahead. let me say what you, you. If everybody just comes over here, mm-hmm. then you're in the same boat. No, you're not. You're in the same boat, and this is my opinion. I get to have my opinion, just like you get to have your little whack opinion. My opinion's not whack, but okay, okay. continue. Um, you have to have that representation. Strong representation in both sides, mm-hmm. um, in both parties. Yep. Because if everybody exits the other party, then they'll do the same thing that this party has done. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Okay, let me tell you my... Because I, I think that, that that the nose thumbing and, hey, just be quiet and sit in the corner and let us do what we want to do. Uh, we're going to do what we're, go- what we're going to do. We'll, we'll continue. 
Uh, see, so now what I'm asking for is a little bit see, different. down pits. So I'm, what I'm asking for is a little bit different than voting Republican, right? Mm-hmm. Republican Party is in a bit of a pinch, right? Right now, we have the crazies that are coming into the party, and so if you're a normal person, right, you're not looking for perfect. You're going, okay, these guys are crazy, but let's go look at what they're offering versus what the other people are offering, right? And if you get enough people, enough black people to consistently participate and involve themselves and vote, which is what I'm saying, participate and vote. Most people don't show up. You just have to have marginally more people show up than the other people. Well, you know, and my my goal for black people in the Republican Party is not just to vote Republican or vote whoever. My goal is for people to come into the primaries, make selections uh, based on what the needs are and desires are within our community. Mm -hmm. That are going to be beneficial to mm-hmm. the businesses, to the the uh, um, schools, schools uh, policing. The, yes, to to all the social determinants of health that that are affecting us. Uh, those things mm-hmm. uh, for us to make decisions that at the at the primary level, because when you do it there, mm-hmm. then it affects everything else. If you're not choosing those candidates in the primaries mm-hmm. and and a bunch of crazy people get pushed through, mm-hmm. well, it's on us then if yeah. we let all the crazies come in. Yeah. Because you actually can come into the primaries and mm-hmm. stop that mess cold. Yeah. And I think you can't go, and I think I know you can't have that adi- that attitude of them people ain't going to let us well, come into the have, party. You, you can't be... You you have to be willing to stand for what you believe in. Yeah. Doesn't mean that you have to uh, uh, tap dance. and uh, you, you definitely can't be the person that tap dances and coons. But you have to be willing to stand for what you believe in. Mm-hmm. There's going to be people that are going to tell you, no, we don't. That's not what this party is about. It is now. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and a, lot of, what you, a lot of people are going to be black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some, some of them might be. Mm-hmm. Some of them might be, yeah. uh, but it, here's the thing. It doesn't matter what somebody else has to say. Mm-hmm. What matters is what do you have to say? Yeah. What do you have to say? Because your vote and your voice matter. Mm-hmm. You, you, we want to say that our vote and our, voice, uh, our voices matter, our lives matter, then make your vote matter. Yeah. And so this is why you should become a Republican, a B1 Republican, participate and not just vote, but participate as a black first Republican Mm -hmm. in the party. And, you know, Tiff and I disagree on the percentages. Right. But there needs to be representation in the opposing party. Right. Because right. If you're in Texas, you should definitely vote in the uh, uh, if you're you should vote in the Republican primary. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're in Texas, you sh- you need as a black person, you need to be a B1 Republican in the state of Texas because we should they be are the seat of power forward for, yeah. for those primaries. OK, uh, you know, we want this person in this area because mm-hmm. they they are supporting this platform of things that we we yeah. have determined to be important for our constituents. Yeah, that's. You know, that is the political process in a nutshell. I mean, definitely boiled down mm-hmm. in a simplistic way. But that is what it takes in order for us to make the change that we want to make. No amount of marching, letter writing, and arguing will change our society that's not going to change it. What changes society is that vote in the primary and the, and voting in the constituents that are going to serve us mm-hmm. and serve our needs and desires for our communities. And that is more specific than simply saying white supremacy. Mm-hmm. White supremacy is too broad, too nebulous. I mean, uh, no one can grip that. You, I can't. I can't grab a hold of that. But I can figure out policies on how I want the police to treat the citizens, re, to treat citizens, be they black, green, blue, whatever. 
I can uh, identify if reparations is your issue. You can put that in words and you can advocate for that education. Right. When silliness is put in and they're trying to put silliness in the school books about slavery and history. Right. You can advocate against that. You can also advocate in the telling of the narrative of those events. Right. Black people weren't simply victims. Right. So a friend of ours asked uh, me, why do you say American descendants of slaves? Because their view of slaves is something like it, 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 it is a uh, dishonor. It's something to be run, something to run away from. I use that term American descendants of slaves as a proud moment. Proud moment, one for our country, two for myself. To just think, three generations ago, right, there people, uh, for me, three generations ago in one of the branches, they were slaves. They were slaves and wouldn't, could not even imagine in 1840. The life that we have in now. In the 1800s, the life that we're able to live now. Mm-hmm. I think that's a testament of the American system. That we the evolution, the evolution of the American system. system. Thank you for correcting me. The evolution of the American system. Right. Mm -hmm. That those principles, even though they didn't mean them for everybody, it just meant them for white men. But those principles hold and when applied to everyone, we see everyone grow. So that's why I say the American descendants of slaves. It's not something uh, for me to hold my head down in shame. But for me to hold my head high, that I stand on the shoulders of giants who paid a price before me. That's why I use the term. And that's why I believe that we can go through and get into the Republican Party and not go them people ain't going to let us. And that's why it's, I get tired of you saying them people. That's, that's the attitude. It's I say that. Idea. Yeah, I say that to spur people on because when people hear it, hear me say it like that, their ideas are like, well, wait a minute. He just said it like that. Right. Yeah, it's, it's stupid. Um, yeah. Uh, but, you know, my my joy in where we are today as Americans is that uh, we have the right. We, we actually can go and exercise the right to vote. Mm-hmm. And not just vote, we can but participate. actually go and exercise the right to put people forward mm-hmm. within this party and the other party and have our agendas heard, seen, and acted upon. So for anyone to say, don't vote, that, that's not even, I, I don't want to hear that. I think it's un-American to tell somebody not to vote. I think it's anti-black to, to not oh, to vote. Oh, yeah. I think it's anti-whatever you are. If they're telling you you're black, it's anti-black. If they're telling you that you're a woman, it's anti-woman. If they're telling you that you're Hispanic, it's anti-Hispanic. It's anti-you. Yeah, because... They're trying to take you out. Yeah, but you have to participate in the process if you expect change. Right? And you've been listening to 9.30 a.m. with On the Record with Tiffany and... Kevin! Thank you so much. We are doing a special campaign at Texas Kidney Foundation to get your kidneys checked. It is called Silent But Deadly because kidney disease is a silent but deadly killer. And we need you to go to our website, silentbutdeadly.org, take a 12-question test, and we will send you a kit to your house. Get your kidneys checked at silentbutdeadly.org. Check us out at On the Record with Tiffany on YouTube. And all you have to do is look up On the Record with Tiffany and you will get to listen to us talk about freedom, opportunity, growth, and progress. If you like what we're talking about or if you don't, check us out on YouTube, On the Record with Tiffany, and listen to what we have to say because we can guarantee you we're going to spark some debate at your house just like at ours. And we're back. With On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin. Where you're getting a straight, unadulterated, B1 Republican view of the world. Unapologetic. (laughs) Doesn't that sound cool, Tiffany? 
Mm-hmm. Smile, baby. <laughs> All right. So business. That's what we want to talk about uh, right now. So uh, business right now in COVID is hard. Don't you think? I, I think it, it, it. Well, I think we're recovering. Mm-hmm. I think I think some cool things came out. I always tend to approach the world from an optimistic point of view. Kevin <laughs> is like, this sucks. Uh, so Avoid you know, the go pain. somewhere in between. Um <laughs> <laughs> But what I see and what what uh, a lot of, of our counterparts see is that there are some good things that came out of this. One, we realize that the workforce mm-hmm. is, is far more adaptable than uh, one would think, right? So you, w- some of the, the major uh, Fortune 500 saw more productivity in their workforce being at home than they did even with workforce being uh, in the office. Now, hold on now. See, now they got a problem because they're having a hard time getting a lot of those people yeah. back. Now that now that, <laughs> now that has become problematic. Uh, we also saw, saw things like in healthcare, some new, new ways of dealing with healthcare mm-hmm. emerge. And yeah. that that was uh, telemedicine. Yeah, telemedicine, telemedicine really, really that that's been a game changer. Yeah, it really for, has been. And it's and it's given patients. It, it's wonderful for patients because you get now you have greater patient choice. You know, at the moment there are shortages, right? We we're experiencing shortages in in doctors. Uh, we're experiencing shortages in nurses. Mm-hmm. Well, we knew uh, prior to to the pandemic that there were shortages in certain specialties. Like Mm -hmm. nephrology is one of those, the study of kidneys. There is a shortage in nephrologists. Mm -hmm. Well, having telemedicine means that in rural areas, now you can see a specialist Mm -hmm. that you weren't necessarily able to see prior to this. But also in mental health, right? In mental health, yeah. you're able to do uh, telemed, right? We have mm-hmm. a, we have an in-law who, who, who's a psychiatrist, right? And I thought, that's a stupid. Why, well, he should have did something else, right? Oh, he's a smart one, right? Because you can't get in to see a psychiatrist. Oh, right yeah. He's, he's a smart one. There aren't that many. Mm-hmm. There, Like you would think, oh, we're in a major metropolitan city. Mm-hmm. There's tons and tons of psychiatrists. Well, it's there not. aren't that many. Psychiatrists. There aren't that many pediatric psychiatrists. There mm-hmm. aren't, you know, it's just not as prevalent as one would think. And then when you're talking about mental health, that is so um, subjective. Yeah. People really need to feel comfortable with who their therapist is, who their psychiatrist is. And so the, the, um, the normalization of telemedicine. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's still going after, you know, people, people are talking about the the pandemic like it's over and it's not yeah, it's really. Not. But but uh, the I would say that the the worst part of the pandemic, mm-hmm. like the, the part where we didn't know what how to to uh, respond to it. Yeah, is that part is over. Yeah, but just from a business perspective, though, right? The co- I won't the say recovery. the COVID, right? I sound like my grandmother. The COVID, right? Just the recovery during this time, just being a business owner, right? Uh, for me, has been challenging because I, I came from working from a Fortune 100, where you could get an assistant to do something, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's just, oh, that's me, right? Where I have enough work for you're four- the assistant now. <laughs> I have enough work for four people, right? But I only yeah. can afford one person. One person, and that's, right? And that's so you, you. And yeah. so you have to do all of that thing, all of that. But to me, it was just the creativity and the different ways you can do business. Oh yeah, that's a lot of different thing. ways. We, you know, we've seen. Seen uh, major changes at Texas Kidney Foundation. We've made major changes yeah. in our business model. We've we've uh, uh, just changed our our strategy mm-hmm. completely uh, in regards to how how we employ people. Yep. Uh, you know what do we need? Do we need a full time staff member, or, or will a ten ninety nine? Can we do something something uh, with a ten ninety nine with somebody who's yeah. working uh, contract? Yeah, for and us? then also what you see, what I've seen, what I just think is amazing, right? Is just the way that people have been leveraging. Uh, the internet to provide content and entertainment for people in mm-hmm. ways that uh, you couldn't have done just 10 years ago. 
I mean, it's just been really amazing to see that part of, of, of business go. But also, but with that, right, there's a lot of challenges, right? There's keeping yourself motivated. There's hitting deadlines, right? So one of the things I struggle with are the deadlines. So that's a big thing because you have multiple things. You have, then you have family, life, to do all those things, right? And so all those things are, are a challenge uh, there. Right. And so uh, that's the big one that that uh, that I have there. So, Tim, what do you find the most challenging about one? You have you have your CEO of the of the Kidney Foundation, but you also have your own consultant of the Texas Kidney Foundation. I have to say that. But you also have your own consulting company. Right. And so that has its own challenges as well. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, well, with consulting, you know, it's it's been exciting because I can do a lot of things by Zoom. It's been challenging because uh, intellectual property. Mm-hmm. Your intellectual property is is some of the most important uh, property that you own. So you're not giving ideas away for free. And people uh, people will take your idea, talk trash about you, <laughs> and half aid the idea on top of that, which is uh, I don't have time for that because. Uh, what I'm doing is actually a mission from God, so I don't have time to be playing with people who don't, who don't care to stop kidney disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but with my company, uh, I think I have three or four contracts now. I'm not sure how many contracts we're we have. Yeah, we have under. quite a few. We have quite a few. Yeah. Three or four new ones, uh, and just looking at at how to conduct business mm-hmm. and talking to, to people mm-hmm. um, on this, you know, this side of the world and other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. It's really uh, the world has gotten smaller. Yeah, you yeah. can affect a lot of change. I'm working on a project in Italy right now. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, you know, it, technology, the fact that you can do a Zoom call like it's literally the the lead country is Italy, but we've got we've got uh, I want to say sixty or seventy other yeah. countries. Yeah. So also, but for us, right? For us, the idea of someone working from home or working remote yeah. isn't a big deal. I it's mean, it's not. an advantage to us. Yeah, right? it is. You don't have to pay for the uh, the workspace. You right. Know, you Your know. overhead has gone down significantly. Yeah. And people's I think productivity we, we goes overhead. up. Yeah, we cut our overhead at TKF by. Uh, we went from twenty six hundred dollars a month to eight hundred dollars a month. Yeah, so and we cut our overhead significantly mm-hmm. um, and increased the quality of yeah. of the uh, of, but, of our office space. Yeah, but right now, but right now, that's a huge issue in, with 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 larger corporations. They mm-hmm. they want people back in back in the office. You've been enjoying on the record with Tiffany. We encourage you to share these stories with friends and family. You can listen to other shows by going to 930amtheanswer.com. And join us next week for On the Record with Tiffany on 930amtheanswer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 